Hey there, folks. Tis the season for episode number 78 of the Uticast, that is, featuring our guest this week, uh, Simon Eisenbeck, local multimedia mogul. He is all over the place, uh, his own production company. Uh, plus, we're going to be talking about uh, the AMS Nano deal. We're talking about Pope Francis. Uh, we're going to be talking about history lessons. We're going to talk about the word of the year, and we're going to get into some live Christmas action later in the show. All happening today, episode 78. Happy holidays, folks. Filled with hate. I can tell. Filled you have, with hate today. You have deep hateness. I do. Wow, what's the matter? What's on your mind? Nothing buddy? that is nothing that gets more productive by unpacking it. So let's sit here and stay with the Christmas spirit. Every every Christmas needs a Scrooge. Every Christmas needs a Grinch. And I'm here for everybody this year to take that role. Yes, that's Be right. Be that man. <laughs> that's right. It is Christmas. It is technically our Christmas spectacular. Although this year we're doing something a little different. Are um, we? Yeah, well, we're doing the live stuff this year instead yeah. of doing a whole Christmas themed episode. Stoked about that too. Uh, so, are we That'd doing? Are we doing the like a segment live? Yeah, or are we so, doing a separate thing live. So, what you folks uh, will know for those who are listening to the podcast, you're going to get the normal podcast that you normally get every week. Um, the only difference is the last segment, which you hear in the podcast, will also be taped live and then presented on Facebook Live, uh, and then after that. We're going to do a little bit of uh, fun Christmas good times uh, on Facebook Live that won't be on the podcast. So you get a little bonus if you tune in on Facebook Live. And then, of course, we'll save it uh, on Facebook so you can watch the bonus material on Facebook. We're just trying to get our faces out there for the world so they know what we look like and not just our voices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And that's what Facebook's for. It's a book full of your faces. Right. And then... No, I... It, I think that the podcast is interesting to me because because of the way the show is produced. Like people really don't have any idea who I am when I when they walk in, and that's totally fine. Like I like that, but this Mara character really wants people to know she's on the show. Oh, she's obsessed! It's she's insane. Obsessed. Um, obsessed. People come up to me about the show. You may be more approachable than me. Do you think so? Yeah. I feel like I'm less approachable. Because you're such a giant human being? Yeah, I'm giant. I generally don't look happy to be wherever it is that I may be. Um, but you know what, though? I'm also probably in public more than you. True. If you're not going to work or, like, the grocery store, you're not going anywhere. I'm very reclusive. It's true. I'm a reclusive true. guy. A recluse. Um, and, of course, Christmas episode. Uh, for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas or follow in the holiday season, just a quick reminder. Christmas, of course, the holiday uh, where uh, Santa was born in the manger. And then he flies his magic spaceship across the Earth and delivers toys to the good children and steals the bad one and shoots yes. them out into space. I think that's, uh, that's yes, right, right? the magic uh, Saint Nicholas, the patron saint of reformed prostitutes <laughs> and reformed thieves, rides his magic animal-abusing sleigh to give toys to rich kids and socks to poor kids. Yes. I think is that pretty much is that how that goes. Good. Also, yeah. for those of you listening who don't celebrate Christmas, you should try it out. It's pretty tight. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have to say, um, my Christmas vibes have changed a little bit. We we won't get into Christmas shopping just now, but after I've... You're, we're in different spaces. I would actually be better off going Christmas shopping right now than finishing this podcast. I, you know, I thought about I'm behind that the eight ball. Oh, well... It's so it's so weird. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are in this sort of same place as me. Right. I don't know if you are too. Like, I am living on on the edge this week. Like, I am so stressed out to get through this week. I can't even tell you. Like, it's not a bad thing. I'm just so amped up to get everything over with. Right. This is like the one or two weeks a year where I'm really just looking forward to it being over, so I can look back and reminisce about how crazy it was, as opposed to actually be in it. Right? right, I'm very non-present. I feel like in this time of year, and mm. that's why sometimes the podcast is frustrating because it's hard to do the, sh- the show when I'm not particularly feeling uber present in the moment. I feel like one of the tough things about the Christmas season, and this might be a little bit over dramatic, but you'll probably know what I mean. It seems like with the Christmas season, everybody wants a piece of you. Oh yeah, everybody's got something yeah. they need you to do, they want done, that's got to go on, that's going to be done, that's going to be this plan, going to be this plan, and it's like. You know, you got 300 individual people making 300 individual plans, yeah. and nobody's anywhere doing anything. Christmas is just a big mess. Well, if it makes you feel any better, after we're done tonight, I don't need anything else from you for the holiday season. Yeah, well. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Don't know, because technically, technically, next Monday is still the holiday season, because it hasn't been New Year's yet. Well, it won't be? No. Oh, well. No, New Year, Christmas oh, that's right. I'm... is on Sunday. I'm on vacation next week, so that week almost doesn't exist yeah. for me. I'm just pretending yeah. it Sunday exist. is December 25th, and turns out Monday is not, like, January 3rd. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to skip a know? whole week. It's because I have that school vacation, because I forget that people don't get a week off for Christmas. Yeah, nobody yeah, nobody gets that. Yeah. That's, I just got my brother hit me up, because we're trying to, you know, with him, he's married now, and so he's got a bunch of in-laws, and... Mm. My sister's got a boyfriend she's pretty serious with, and they both live about 40 minutes away. So, you know, you got to coordinate tons of different Christmas plans. And my brother hit me up and was like, hey, should we do Christmas morning on, like, Monday morning? I was thinking about doing breakfast. Man, I'll be at work. I would love a week off for Christmas. <laughs> I think uh, I think for me, the thing about the week off for Christmas, um, it's penance for the fact that up to that week, my life is going to be like hell for three weeks. Like, between all the finals and podcasting stuff and all the stuff I have to do to get ready for work yeah. and grad school. No, man, I'll tell you, it's tough. I mean, what do you get? You get summers off, you get a spring break, you get a fall break. I make you half get a of Christmas what you guys break. Make. <laughs> I'm constantly. They pay broke. for your grad school, you poor thing. <laughs> uh, please, please. Uh, they don't grade you on your work at work, though. They don't give you a letter grade when you go into work, do you? Uh, you get like an A plus from the lads. When you no, it, you know I'll tell you what. It would be nice if I had if they. It would Wouldn't be nice. Be it'd be nice to have a system instead of constantly <laughs> shifting goalposts and contradictions. <laughs> that might be all right. Yes. Yeah, so what if works? That'd be weird though if your work started implementing letter grades. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Um, I will say there was one event. That'd be that fine. Work. I rack letter grades. I'd be okay. I'm pretty good with grades. Um, I want to uh, very quickly shout out the one. Very excellent charitable event, though, that we did attend this week. Uh, I was lucky enough to get some media passes and get to get some wonderful footage for the uh, the Utica College mm-hmm. Teddy Bear Toss presented by New York Sash. Uh, GFOP Kate Riley is a huge part of that. It was a big success from everything it looked Queen like. Queen Kate, yeah, you had some access. Well, I went to a Christmas party that night, but I was looking at some of the video content mm. that you were putting forth, and uh, you guys are right down there. You were on the ice. First off, I'm going to put myself over real quick, surprisingly. Second year in a row... Not only that I've gotten the teddy bear goal and gotten the shot, uh, but that I'm going to have some video work put on the Maiden Utica video for it. So that's very good. There you go. Uh, but I also, this year, we actually got to shoot from basically behind the the visitor's goal. Right. Right. 
and he didn't like us. We heckled him. Shout out to Jared Young. Uh, tough game. Good job, though, lad. It's all in fun. Sporting times. Uh, anyhow, uh, we got some really interesting footage. I've never been that close to a hockey game. And for a guy like me who's not, like, a big hockey guy, it was actually sort of cool to be up that close and near the ice and kind of get the feel for right. it. How um, did it feel to be out on that ice? That was actually... When you were, like, scooping up teddy bears and yelling meta at everybody. Meta, yeah. <laughs> it was very meta. There's a lot of people filming you, so everywhere you look around, if you're wearing the media thing, there's other media people filming, and you just, like, see someone else with a camera. You're just like, hi, other camera person. Sounds like a rejected episode of Black Mirror. It is. It's, like, a really, really boring episode of Black Mirror. Um, I didn't fall over on the ice, which was my... Crucial. Premier Crucial concern. Step. Didn't fall over. Uh, I did give the refs a quick shout-out because, you know, you can't play the game without the refs. Teamwork, sportsmanship, they keep all that in line. That's actually, that's one of the funniest things I saw in the video you had is you talking to the refs. You guys are doing a great job. You're real happy. They're just sort of looking at you like, okay. yeah, dude, this is really dumb. There's an extra 40 minutes on the <laughs> day today now. Thanks for all the teddy bears, um, you kid. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, again, uh, great success, teddy bear toss. Great time this year, great time last year. Hopefully it will continue to be a great time going forward. Uh, that is probably all we need to do here. Mara is in the studio. She's waiting uh, for our unvideotaped segment. So uh, right. let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's dive right in. No dive time in. like the present. This is the time. Humbug. Ah. coming back in from a Christmas song, when Mara walked in, she was singing, I'm So Excited. I am. Which I tried to explain to her, uh, that song, for people of a certain age, only brings up one memory, and that's uh, Jesse Spano singing that song on Saved by the Bell in a very special episode when she was on Speed, so she could join the dance team. Oh, sweet. True. Sweet. Yeah. She, yeah, awesome. she she's singing the song and then she breaks down. It's like, I'm so excited. I don't think I saw that one. I'm so excited. And then she like holds her friend, she's like, I'm so Scared, <laughs> and then they hug, and it's like this really. It, it was a big moment. I'm oh my again a certain generation. It's a certain age range. Are you drinking red wine out of a rocks glass? Of course, I'm yeah. drinking red. I don't like to drink red wine out of a a stem glass. Okay. If I had a narrower rocks glass, like a narrow, like a like a water glass, almost like a glass, you know, that would be appropriate. I'm enjoying a goblet. Yeah, uh, we haven't put the video on yet uh, since we're just in the regular podcast now. But we are enjoying. Uh, some holiday spirits here. Cheers, Mara. Cheers. Cheers, Kev. Kev. Yes. Mara, what are you drinking this evening? Um, Moscato, which I shouldn't be, but I love it. So. Moscato. Yeah. Uh, that is a sweet wine. Yes. Oh, it's so sweet. It's Why shouldn't you be? You said you shouldn't be. Why? Because every you be? time I drink Moscato, it's too delicious, and then the bottle's gone, and then I wake up in the morning, and I'm horribly dehydrated. Yeah, because and I immediately regret it. <laughs> I, up until I was gonna challenge you up until that but it's true there is no headache like a white wine or like a light oh, bubbly Lord. wine champagne type headache it's really bad red is worse red is worse but I'm only drinking different but they're both horrible I yeah. won't be drinking this whole bottle of uh, <laughs> of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon because it's Oof. pretty heavy yeah and one glass will do me good yeah Kev you're going classic style with your Gin. Uh, gin, limes, and ice cubes. A little bit of tonic. <laughs> gin. A little bit. Oh, God. I would prefer that we had some brown liquor in the house, but, you know. I thought we did. No. 
Yeah. I have to get us some brown liquor for the holidays. Hey, nothing wrong with that. We got that bottle of House of Stewart over there. Oh, you know what? I bet you it's still good. I'm like sure. Dusty. I got that bottle of House of Stewart, uh, fine, fine blended scotch, was from my grandfather's house. It's closed. I don't think scotch. No, it's fine. It's totally fine. Here's the thing. So I took Keep that. Forever. I inherited that bottle of scotch uh-huh. from my grandfather after like he passed away. They're just they're cleaning out all the old stuff, and there was this bottle of scotch. I said, "Oh, I'm gonna take that bottle of scotch," and everyone freaked out at me like, "Oh, you can't take it. It might be worth money." And I was like, "Hey, goon, scotch doesn't age in the same way that like wine does. It <laughs> Plus, doesn't... they still sell it in the sa- in the exact same packaging <laughs> yeah. for eleven dollars. <laughs> I can buy you a case of House of Stewart for like forty bucks, and no one will know the difference. It's uh, worth money, you mean? <laughs> like, no, nothing's worth money anymore. Have you seen our economy? Things Everything's worth, worth money, nothing. But... That's a good point. Uh, so, guys, uh, we do have a lot of Christmas stuff we are going to cover, but we're mostly going to aim our Christmas stuff toward the live section. So we are going to do just our normal coverage of some stories. I tried to keep most of them away from politics. No politics Please. this week. Yeah, yeah. We didn't start to be a political show. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to be a political uh, show. I think so. Um, yep. Now, we do have guest uh, Simon Eisenbach on today, uh, and he is going to talk a little bit about the the Marcy Nano project. Mm-hmm. Um it is a big story all over Utica about AMS backing out of the Marcy Project this week and what that means for the project going forward. Uh, this is a very big moment for all the told-you-so folks out there. Oh, they love it. They love this. Um, most reports I've heard about this is that although it seems kind of crummy, it's actually not the worst thing that could have possibly happened. And um, and honestly, Simon goes into why it wasn't the worst thing that possibly happened in the interview, so I don't really want to spoil too well, yeah, much of it. Fair. But do you guys have any thoughts about this at all? Yeah, um, no, it's not the worst thing that could happen. Like, yeah, it's still bad, it's still discouraging. The told-you-so people are still right, mm-hmm. for the most part. Like, for the told-you-so people, like, hey, look at all the crony goombas in upstate New York and all that stuff. Yeah, you guys are still right. Um, the OD said something interesting about the specific amount of glee, and I'm sure you've seen it all over, like, mm-hmm. your sewer level your sewer level Facebook social media things, yes. like Facebook. And uh, where people are like, ah, ha, I told you, ha, ha, nothing good. And, like, you're so happy that something bad happened. Like, is your life that sad that, like, oh, that's all you have is, like, to joyfully gloat over things going bad in the area that you live? Right. That's it's wild, though, but that's an endemic problem to a lot of people in this area. Well, that's what Look, there's no, there was no magic bullet. This, this AMS wasn't going to fix everything. No one thing is going to fix mm-hmm. everything. It's a setback, sure, but, you know, you got to keep, keep taking mm-hmm. steps forward. I mean, mm-hmm. what else are you gonna do? This isn't. This was never gonna be one thing that was gonna fix everything. So, told you so. People fight me on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God, Mar, are all the young kids clamoring to talk to you about Nano? Do they just call you every day and talk about AMS and Nano? Is that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this story got like a ton of traction initially, which is like, predictable, right? When we announced the Nano thing, got tons of traction. And then we talked about it a lot in the show. Mm-hmm. Then we stopped talking about it because stuff takes time. Stuff takes time. And then now we talk about it again, and there's this negativity, and then that's the news cycle for it, right? Like, ugh, like look at this. It all ended poorly. And I feel like this ha- still has potential to be good going forward, so I'm not ready to make any judgment on this yet. If somebody else was going to head in that direction, maybe maybe mm-hmm. another person will want to. I mean, let's more thoroughly vet the people in charge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that crook who was in charge up at mm-hmm. SUNY IT, real proud of himself, just stealing a whole bunch of money off the public mm-hmm. dole, but a lot of people are. That guy's a scumbag, but I feel like somebody should have known that he was a scumbag. Yeah. They get a lot of students, a lot of faculty. People must know that this guy's trash. <laughs> so why didn't somebody say something uh, beforehand? I had a close personal friend of mine who was saying that, something to me about this, and he was basically saying, like, 
at the time when the scandal started coming up, mm-hmm. they might as well have just called it that because it seemed like the writing was probably on the wall then, and since then it was all probably just a gradual, uh, like journey to get here. They would have looked better if they had made yeah. a big stink right off the made bat. A big stink like, guy, Hang yeah. on, listen, we're not pulling out. We're gonna pump the brakes so we can figure out what the hell happened with this guy with the crazy name. Yeah, yeah, that's just it's yeah. PR one hundred and one, and I've yeah. never gone to school for PR, but I still know that. Mm. So I don't know. Other people should. <laughs> so let's let's move on from the nano thing for now. We'll come back to that at cool. a later date. Uh, you guys want to talk about the Pope? I heard an interesting story about the Pope today. I would love to. Really? Are you a big fan of the Pope? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the Pope came out today, and there's a lot of layers to this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it off okay. slowly. He basically implied that the theory of evolution and the Big Bang are real, and had a quote saying that God is not uh, a magician with a magic wand, basically implying that he is open to uh, science and religion not totally being incompatible with each other, right? Yeah. Depending on where you stand on this point, this is either a really cool thing that the Pope did or sort of a hmm kind of thing that the Pope did. Give me both sides. Why do you feel that way? Uh, well, one, I think it's it's interesting since this is one of the few times in, you know, in the history of the church's communication with science that it's not overly anti-science at the moment or not totally shying away from talking about science because it seems kind of dumb to ignore evolution at this point in time since most people I sort agree of, with that you know what I mean I agree with that uh, although I don't like the idea of that him co-opting this like well yeah of course it exists because because the church because God created evolution and like and um, and all that other thing right? smart so, like, branding PR it is smart branding get out in front right. of it's it it's good PR like. <laughs> being the the relative uh, theological expert on yeah. the show I think it's probably fair to sure. say sure um, the, the thing is, this doesn't do anything about creationists. The people who think they're the 6,000 years old and evolution is a lie. This doesn't affect them because they think the Pope is a false prophet. Oh. These, yeah, yeah. This is the Pope is only the Catholics, which is the Catholics are like, well, we'd still like to use religion when it's convenient, but, you know, we're going to kind of let it go and not take it that seriously all the time and take it as dogma. <laughs> uh, the Catholic Church gets a lot of shit from the hardcore Protestant sects of Christianity, the people, when you think of, like, Bible Belt Southern Christians. Yeah. Those people don't like popes and Catholics because they think that they're a bunch of fakes. Mm. Uh, that's actually the whole reason that the Protestant movement started was so that these people could peel off from Catholics because they didn't think the Catholics were moral enough. Now, this is still a cool thing for him to say, but, uh, you know, Catholic Church has gotten a bad rap for a long time being anti-science when they've actually been relatively progressive compared yeah. to other religions. And Pope Francis has done a lot of cool things. He's been, you know, really cool in his tenure. Um, and as soon as they stop systematically covering up the abuse of children, then we'll really be in a good boat together. So, Merry Christmas to the Pope. The Christmas Merry miracle. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Grinching everybody. Um, so, uh, this is the only uh, the only political thing I'll mention this week. Uh, I just got an update from Yahoo.com telling me that Donald Trump has officially secured his Electoral College win, which yeah. I'm not surprised by. However... I don't know if I should trust this Yahoo.com update since Yahoo just got hacked <laughs> again. Uh, and they announced it uh, this week that they had over 1 billion Yahoo accounts hacked uh, in an attack in 2013. Why do I know this? Because I got that email about my fantasy football Yahoo account. Yeah, you've been keeping an old <laughs> yeah. Yahoo. You have a Yahoo account that's still alive since before the time of Gmail. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's true. Yep, it's an original Yahoo account. When your um, choices were Yahoo or Hotmail. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was Famalaro 15 because I was legitimately 15. That was not my oh favorite. My <laughs> no, no. Um, so this apparently has been a long time coming for Yahoo. Apparently, as a company, they've been very slow to adapt to security measures compared to other competitors, uh, particularly since this happened already in, uh, in 2012 to 450,000 other accounts. Now they're saying over 1 billion accounts have been hacked 
including my own. Uh, you ever had an account hacked for anything before? Mm. You ever had like, identity fright in any crisis no. name? I try not to make uh, accounts. Yeah, for I mean, anything ever really, if I don't have to. I've had my card stolen, like my card information stolen, but not my identity stolen or anything like that, or my email. Mm. I don't think I've had anything hacked. And anything that I use that I've got to make like real accounts, put information on, I have like dummy email addresses, and I've got like a very elaborate system of not. Really? Like, yeah, I yeah. just don't want, you know what I mean? Like, put as little as I can in any one given place. Hmm. That's it just seems smart. easier that way. I'm too trusting. See, I, uh, I, because of the format of, like, my life, like, I have a work email and a yeah. personal email and the show's email, and then I have a different email for the other podcast that I theoretically started and then don't do anymore, and it's, like, right. it became sort of overwhelming, and now the idea of going back and getting rid of that original email account now seems Ugh. very daunting because of all the yeah. things that were tied to it, right? Mm-hmm. I have probably about seven or eight that are just floating around that I can't delete because I forgot the password to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of them. Classic. I've yeah. done that so many times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, all right, so I do have I do have a cool story here for you guys. You want to hear about this? I do. Um, Finally, yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, apparently today, uh, Mayor Carol Goodman, uh, Carol, of, yeah, Carol Goodman of Las Vegas, is uh, announcing the city of Las Vegas is now one hundred percent run on renewable energy. Uh, this is working on a uh, on a sustainability plan they've been going on for over ten years since two thousand and eight. This is what they said today. She wants Las Vegas to be the world leader in sustainability. Really? Yeah. Now, I read this on Reddit, so it obviously has to be true. That's probably more well-sourced than a lot of things. Um, yeah, no, the first thing I think of when I think of Las Vegas is, you know, they've, they've always been so down for sustainability and, like, a sustainable always. lifestyle. Yeah, you're that Vegas right. life, I know! Like, anytime you go vacation in Vegas, you're like, man, this is really sustainable. I can just live like this if all I, the time. If I had heard this story about any other city in the world, I Vegas probably would have said, like, oh, wow, but, like, Vegas yeah. was like, huh. You know what, though? Not for nothing. Uh, I don't know how much you know about the state of Nevada, but all they have is Las Vegas. Yes. And they get, they've got a ton of flat area, a uh, ton of places where you get a lot of sunlight. Yeah. And Las Vegas is deceptively small for all the glitz and glamour, mm-hmm. so they don't actually have, I mean, I wonder how it balances out because they have so much extra stuff to power in that smaller area, but hey, good for them. <laughs> Give them something, you know At what I mean? At least they want to, mm. you know? At least that's a goal. Yeah. Apparently a lot of it is solar powered, too. That's yeah. a big... Yeah. Oh, it would have to yeah. be out there. I mean... Yeah. Certainly not water powered. Like they don't no, know. they're no. They're, matter of fact, when they run yeah, out of water, we'll see what all those solar panels do for them. But you know. Um, very quickly, just on a quick sad note, we have to add two more people to our uh, sad 2016 list. Alan Thick and Zsa Gabor passed oh, away this week. I know. I know. Yeah, Zsa Gabor though was 99. I shed a tear over a 99 year old. Alan Thick's story was actually pretty sad. Really? Yeah, because I guess he was like. This is what I heard, that he was ice skating with, like, one of his younger sons or something, and then he had a heart attack. Oh. Yeah. Like, oh. For years, I thought that people didn't like Alan Thicke. Wasn't it, like, a joke forever that no one liked Alan Thicke? I mean, not that, I, not that I've ever heard. Yeah. I don't know. I always liked him. I did too. I liked his voice. No, might, might thinking of like a one-off Family Guy joke somewhere. Maybe. I think. <laughs> might have seen one thing and be like, wow, everybody hates this guy like maybe, 10 years Maybe ago. I'm thinking yeah, maybe. of Robin Thicke. I think so. I think I think people I don't think anybody liked him in the first place. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. He's a little, yeah, he's a little much. Yeah. All right, so that is the end of our normal uh, studio tape section. When you guys hear from us next, we'll be on the live stream as well, which should be, um, let's just call it fascinating. Exciting. I'm I'm very excited (laughs) for it. Uh, But for now, let's go to this week's interview, uh, which is with uh, owner... Uh, of Simon Eisenbeck Productions, Simon Eisenbeck. See, Eisenbach. Eisenbeck. No, okay. see, he. We talked about this on I was the thing. About that. He told me how to pronounce it. It's like Simon. It's Eisenbeck. It's Eisenbach. 
but it's like Eisenbacher your head is how to pronounce it. And he told me that, and now I keep thinking Eisenbach because he told me how to say it phonetically, and I keep screwing it up. Simon, I'm really sorry. So what is it? It's Eisenbach. Oh, sorry. I keep Eisenbach. calling him Eisenbach. I don't know why. Because I'm thinking about it too phonetically. Yeah, well, you were saying back. Was I saying back? Eisen back is what you were saying just now. Back, I wish. Back, back. I, it's look. Here's Simon. We're gonna. Sorry, go to we're gonna butcher you. Merry Christmas. Sorry. Merry Christmas, Simon. Some live, some live video sometimes. More often than not, yeah. then, um, you know, more often than not, it's usually just like to promote something. Yeah. We don't tend to do a lot of live stuff in here, but we have before. It is a little weird for me to be on your video camera that I'm staring down. <coughs> like I'm giving it the straight eye. He's looking right down the camera right now. Hey, hey there, handsome. How's it going? Yeah, <laughs> that's horrifying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, it's very digital here today. We're going to be doing some live video as well after this Sweet. on our episode. Um, so it's one of those kind of days. Yeah. Different day today. Holiday season. We're going to do it, right? This <laughs> just, is it. Just add a little stress <laughs> level and make life even better. And in, um, in the history of the show, we like to be very behind the curtain, right? Uh, I need you to know that going on right now is something called the Merseyside Derby. Uh, for the for the unintuned to the Premier yes. League, yeah, it's the Liverpool Everton rivalry. Yes, uh, Mr. Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson, huge Liverpool, uh, a huge Everton fan. I, of course, am wearing my Liverpool scarf. Oh, I am a huge boy. Liverpool fan. See, I'm a United fan. Okay, so cool. I, that's I okay. The Derby. That's okay. Good, good. So I only bring it up so if you, in case you hear Parkinson yelling in the background, that's probably because Everton scored. Uh, that's what's going on live on the air. Guys. And you're gonna start crying. No, I'm a, I'm a realist. I know what's okay. up. I expect I'm I'm also a Buffalo Bills fan, so my sports <laughs> oh, yes. history is okay. just you know I'm used to teams letting me down. All my team affiliations are like abusive relationships. I just love them so much, and they just let me down over and over, and yet I just keep coming back. And I don't I don't know why I fall for it. I am also a Bills fan, so uh, I understand. There you go. Uh, well, Simon Eisenbach is it Eisenbach or Eisenbach? Eisenbach. I, Eisenbach. Eisenbach. Like yes. eyes in the back of your head. Exactly. Have you heard that before? That's just... what I usually tell people. That Good. Don't okay. Say it. We'll see. All right. <laughs> uh, are you are you a Christmas guy? Or are you a holiday guy? Do you do you celebrate I... Christmas or just the season in general? I actually, I don't really celebrate much of it at all. Good. Um, <laughs> I especially in the last couple of years, I've been so busy with work that like I forget that it's the holidays. Like I know that it's the holidays because you can't you can't miss it. But I like traditionally a Christmas guy, but like I haven't set up a tree or anything. Yeah. I'm just. I do the bare minimum Christmas. Day. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I'm a bachelor, so it's like. Why do I need all this stuff around my house? Like there are Christmas lights on the mantle, 
uh, but those are not decorations. Those are just there all the time. Like those are constantly there. So, um, yes. uh, but so Simon Eisenbach, uh, you are the owner and executive producer at Simon Eisenbach Productions uh, since correct. 2012, and it's a it's a pleasure to have you on. It's man. a pleasure to be here. Um, so let's start uh, as we normally do. We're going to go way back in the way back machine. Oh, boy. Uh, my earliest research that I did here as a journalist okay. uh, puts you in New Hartford. Is that where you grew up? That I first twenty three years of my life. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What was your experience like over there? I liked it. Um, I didn't really appreciate like the value New Hartford had until actually after I got out of high school. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, I literally spent I lived in the same house for mm-hmm. my entire life growing up. So. I never experienced, like, different sure. school districts and what's yeah, yeah. better or worse. Like, it was literally just, like, same elementary school, same junior high, same <laughs> high school. Like, so, mm. once I got out of the real world and started to see people that had different educations, I realized how well I actually had it mm. at New Harvard. Uh, I'm going to ask this because I went to Proctor. Okay. So, one of the things I've always grew up with was that sort of Proctor stigma. Like, people are like, oh, you went to Proctor, huh? Like, it's some trouble down there. Do, were you aware of, like, the New Hartford stigma? Or was there, yeah, like, when you went around places, like, oh, he's a good New Hartford guy. Well, I wasn't your stereotypical New Hartford kid. Sure. Um, I kind of just stayed away from, mm. like, I, I was on the bowling team. Oh, nice. So, boy. So, (laughs) like, it wasn't like your stereotypical kid from New Hartford that's all preppy soccer, basketball, football, lacrosse. Like, you know, but you know what I'm saying. Like, those are like the stereotypical kids. If you say New Hartford, you think of kids that play those sports. Oh, yeah. For sure. And so, it's one of those things that, like, being out of that realm, like, it just. Yeah, you still in, are you still in North? Are you? <coughs> no, I'm in South Utica now. Ah, South Utica. It's man. a whole lot more cost effective to live in South Utica. Than I love South, South Utica. Utica. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I was a born and raised South Utica guy. I did the same sort of thing though, like on this other side of the spectrum. Like yeah. I grew up in South Utica and went to Utica City schools the whole time. That's all I ever really knew of schooling. And all I knew in New Hartford is I dated a girl from New Hartford. I won't talk <laughs> about her because I think you're like two years younger than me. I think. How old are you? I'm 31-ish. Yeah, I'm 28, turning 20. Okay, so yeah, you may know some people, so we'll talk about that. That's, that's, that's off, we'll go off there. Off the record on that. Uh, <laughs> but you still, you obviously family still in New Hartford and all that? No, actually. So, 2008, my sister moved mm. to New Hampshire Ooh. and had kids, and my parents said, see you later in 2012. Mm. There you go. Just so, they, they were like, you, want, you don't have kids, she does, so bye. Now you got that good distance, though. That nice distance. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny. My dad has a business in Utica still. He, he has his own engineering firm. Oh, nice. And so they, he actually has, like, an in-law suite in my house mm. that whenever he comes back into town, which is, like, 12 hours once, maybe twice a month, mm-hmm. he literally comes in in the evening one day, sleeps, wakes up, goes to the office, and then goes back out of town. So, so as a kid who grew up with an engineering family, did you grow up with an interest in engineering? Was that like... So, funny you should ask that. I actually grew up wanting absolutely nothing to do with engineering Uh because my dad's engineering firm dealt exclusively with schools. Mm. So, school construction, mainly dealing with asbestos back in the 90s, which was when I was growing up with them. And so, when school was out, it was his busy season. Mm. So, when I'm home, like, ready to hang out, like... He's gone because most of the work was done by New York City. Sure. That's where all the big money was. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Of course. It's one of those things that, like, it was like I had its great moments and its bad moments. And so I just, I was one of those. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to have the three months that my kids are out of school always be working. 
Sure. So I did everything in my power. And if you asked me in high school, I would tell you I will never own a business hmm. and I will never be an engineer. <laughs> and, 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 and I get out of college and I work for my dad. And then I end up owning my own business. And I actually now have two, potentially three businesses. So, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the way we live in, too? You have to have, like, two or three je- like businesses or things going. Like, people ask me what my job is, and I give them, like, a list of, like, seven different right. things that I do. I'm like, well, well... The thing for me is, if you rely on one single thing, what happens when that one single thing mm. slows down, falls yes. apart? Like, I have so many friends, especially business own like creative types where like if you solely rely on that what happens if you get into a slow period mm-hmm. yeah like, exactly you get into a slow period of work and you're like oh crap how am i going to pay bills and so it just i'd rather have a few things going on mm-hmm. that way i know that my bills are always going to be paid sure sure and that's and that's fair man because i i'm struggling through especially this christmas season right like i I'm like working, going to grad school, have to work another job just to make enough money yep. to buy Christmas presents, exactly. right? You know, it exactly. sucks, man. Uh, so you went to MVCC as well, web design and management. Yep, and I went there, and the minute I graduated, I threw it all away because I realized I hated web design. And really? Oh, I <laughs> just so, <laughs> well. So that was about the time when PHP, like I liked doing HTML and CSS. Like I loved the visual side of it, hmm. and I loved doing like front end design. But that was 2006 to 2008 was that time when PHP and, like, the code really started to become more important than the front-end design. Yeah. And so I realized that the only way I could really grow into web design is if I just sat and looked at letters and numbers all day. Mm. And I said, screw that, because I was a visual guy. Sure. So it was one of those things I'm like, well, I'm just going to go generic. And then when I got done with there, I kind of, like, backtracked a little bit and Mm. went general communications. Okay. And uh, this is actually something I'm very fascinated about. I was reading through my research, yep. as I do, uh, and I noticed you went to Nyack College. I'm yes. assuming in Rockland County, Nyack, yes. talking about? Okay. So I spent some time in Nyack. I don't know many other people who lived up here <laughs> uh, and spent time down in Nyack. So I'm going to throw this out. I used to work at a bar in Nyack. I was going to Hunter College in New York City, and okay. I was commuting back and forth between Nyack and New York City. Okay. And I worked at a bar in Nyack called Olives. Have you ever been to Olives? Yes. Oh, man, so you're familiar with Olives. <laughs> yeah. All right, so tell me, if is this story wrong? That lady who owned Olives was also the mayor? I can't remember. I thought that was the case. I was under the impression that she was also the mayor, and I thought that was really weird that she just owned this weird hipster bar and was also the mayor. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is also a little bit of a hipster town. So. It is. It's very... So, yeah. I mean, Rosie O'Donnell was there a lot for a while, and one of my buddies... Actually, it was at a bar one time, and Exhibit walked into the bar. <laughs> I, the only memories I have of Nyack particularly, because I was working in that bar, I saw the Yankees win the World Series in that bar in like 2009, and then uh, I got into Twin Peaks, because the bartender there told me to start watching Twin Peaks, and I got into it, and then, uh, who was the other one? There was a... Oh, yeah, then I got into shoegaze music because of that bar. Those are the three things I think about with Nyack. Shoegaze music, Twin Peaks, and the Yankees How, 2009. What about Tarantella's Pizza? I didn't go to Tarantella's Pizza very often. I walked by it a lot. Oh, my God. I, I was so broke at that time. My whole MO was to get back home as quick as I could. The Buffalo Chicken Pizza there, they, it was like three bucks for a slice, but it was like this, probably like, uh. the, the circumference of it was, for like your slice was probably like five or six inches. So it's a good size slice of pizza. And... It was literally like a chicken breast was cut up onto the single slice of yeah. pizza. 
And it was the greatest buffalo chicken pizza ever. Uh, yeah, I used to walk by it every day, but I was again, I was a broke college student yeah. at that point in time, yeah. uh, and I was living with my sister, so it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. My uh, I, when I was there, I worked in the athletic training room at Nyack, and my boss used to give me bonuses in Tarantella's Pizza. That's a, that's a solid bonus. <laughs> Did you like college experience there? You went there for was it communications, graphic design, and radio? Yeah, I, well, it was more of the generic, but that was kind of like the mm. electives I took. Um, and overall, I liked it. I mean, every college has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Every school has its unique quirks. Sure. Overall, I liked it. Um, the one thing that cracks me up now is, like, I honestly didn't get pushed that hard academically. Like, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. I, I, like, looking back, I'm like, one of, my, one of my professors' senior year, she literally, like, I finished my midterm, and I got, like, an 85. And she's like, it's okay. You have senioritis. And I ended up with an A in the class. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't get above an 89 in anything, and I get an A. I'm like, whatever. I, I guess we're going to roll with it. Uh, it just, I feel like with college courses over my life, it's just almost like professor to professor. Some professors are just like, yeah, okay. Oh, I'm doing it, man. When I, was in, when I was at MV, um, I had one class. I, I failed one class in college, and it was because my professor had it out for me. The way that the bowling team at MV worked, sectionals was during midterm week. Mm. But because it was a function that was like a school allowed absence sure. i was supposed to be given an excused absence from the midterm to retake it right but this one professor was like no you have to take it in this three hour block that was when i was in the bowling alley on one day mm-hmm. i was not allowed to go outside of it and so they like we even went to like the president of the school and they were like uh and then by the time like all that stuff got sorted out it was just way too late and i was yeah. like screw it like yeah, my my whole experience with NB had always been this. Uh, I liked the the teachers I had there. I liked the classes I had there. You can get a good education out of MB if you apply yourself to. Yes, it. totally. They are not going to push you to apply yourself. Well, that's any college, and that's and that's mostly any college I've ever been to. But more at that school, I felt like that was what I saw. I saw a real hard separation between people who were there yes. just for the sake of going to college yep. and people who were there to try and get the best out of it because it's actually a good deal if you do it that way. Right. Uh, but I, I like my time there in general. I, I still think it's the best value that a kid mm. coming out of high school can get. Yeah. Uh, so, tw- you, uh, so you graduate from Nyack College in what year? 2010. 2010. Uh, what were you doing between 2010 and 2012 when you opened up Simon, uh, Simon Eisenbach Productions? So I was actually working for my dad's engineering firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing asbestos inspecting and construction management. Yeah, I saw the asbestos thing. How'd you, how'd that Come out of nowhere. Well, my dad, my it was so. I had always, I literally grew up in the asbestos industry. Mm. My dad was an engineer. I would right. That makes sense. I in guess, the yeah. summer, when I was on summer break, I would go down to New York City with my dad, and I'd hang out in a school building during the day while he's working. Then we'd go to Yankee games at night. That's mm. a good deal, man. And <laughs> as a ten-year-old, what goes wrong? My dad left me playing on his laptop all day, and yeah, so. I was always around it. And so, actually, in 2008 was the first time I got into asbestos. Um, that was when I was still at MV. And I was actually doing the removal. Mm-hmm. So, as a college kid, there's no way to make better money. Mm-hmm. I was making between 33 and 75 an hour, depending on where right. I was working. So, for a summer job as a college kid, there's you pay 500 bucks to get certified, and you make that in your first week. Mm-hmm. Where do you go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> um, but then I got out of co- my senior year of college. Um, my dad had a job at the Empire State Building. Uh-huh. 
and he needed asbestos inspectors. And the way that the Empire State Building works is it's really makes sense, but it's strange. You're only allowed to work from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 a.m. on Monday. And so for me, I got out of class on Thursday. So I... My my dad paid for my me and my roommate to get our uh, asbestos inspecting certifications, and we would just drive into the city Friday. We'd get there by six o'clock, start work at six, work until three a.m., wake up at seven a.m., work eight to five, and then go home. So we so we would work twenty and twenty four, and then be able to just go home and chill for Sunday, recover, do your homework, whatever. And so that's how I got the inspection side. And then the minute I graduated, my dad, again, got busy. So he's like, hey, do you need work? I've got money. Like, hours are your best friend. So I started working for my dad, and I was working 70 to 100 hours a week. And I was on an hourly pay, so I was making bank. I was still still technically living with my parents, but I was on the road every week. So I basically kept all that money because the company paid for my hotel and the company gave me per diem for food. So I was just literally keeping entire 70, 80-hour paychecks. He's going to pop up, yeah. So it was wonderful. So I paid off all my debt and stuff, just literally just working stupid hours um, between inspection and then uh, construction management. And so, yeah. Damn. <laughs> this asbestos world I never knew man like, it's a foreign oh, concept it, well, it's, it's crazy it's one of those things like it's there's not the industry like it was in the 90s in the 90s there would be literal school abatement jobs where the whole job was remove asbestos replace what was there hmm. now the way the asbestos world works is you're going in to do some form of construction work and you have to check for what could be asbestos still based off of like their school every school public school has a list of what materials are asbestos. Hmm. So you have to go through and verify what's there and what's been put in, make sure that nothing got put in that contained asbestos and so on. So it's a lot more selective, hmm. but it takes you just as many hours to test for it. Um, yeah, man, asbestos world. So asbestos led you into your own production studio then? Actually, <laughs> so it's, it, again, me hating dealing with that world growing up, um, my, the first time I ever picked up a camera was my senior year of college. I, it's funny, like, you hear people, I picked up a camera at age 10, 12, nope, senior year of college. Um, and the only reason I even got into video was because I just happened to buy a camera that could shoot video. And then the job doing asbestos, I got so many hotel rewards points that I got Final Cut Pro for free. Mm-hmm. Because I I got so many rewards points, I turned them in for gift Secret cards. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what that's kind of how I got into video. And then um, in twenty late twenty eleven, I the opportunity was presented to me to actually go over to Taiwan. Um, and I, the original plan was I was going to teach English and help a small coffee shop and get started, get off the ground, and stuff like that. Do media marketing. Mm. Um, I ended up. I was originally going to go for a year and a half, ended up going for six and a half months. Mm. And that was kind of the start of the production company unofficially. Yeah. Um, then I came home in the fall of 2012. I landed like four days before Hurricane Sandy hit. Yeah. I got stuck in Rockland County at Nyack for the hurricane. Oh. Well, I was in Brooklyn, um, I think, at that point. In time. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. Um, so by the time I get home whatever one of my buddy my roommate that i did asbestos with his dad actually owned service master in syracuse mm-hmm. so he's like hey you want to go make a lot of money doing cleanup got nothing else to do so i went down there 
came home and my dad was like, hey, you want to go to Africa in January? And Is that uh, out of the blue? Well, it yeah. backtracked a little bit. My dad actually built a hospital in Western oh, Africa. Um, in the country of Mali, in 2003, he went over to just work on it. And then the guy who was designing it actually had cancer or some terminal illness that my dad ended up going out and meeting with him and taking over the design and over the next eight years finishing the hospital. And so there's a little history of the international travel. And in 2011, my dad had cancer. So this was his first trip after having cancer. And, well, he's nothing since. So, but, uh... Um, and that was fun dealing with that while I was oh, working God. for him. Oh, geez. <laughs> geez, yeah, man. so many um, angles there. Yeah, but uh, so that was actually kind of like how the production company officially started. Was um, the original goal was to do enough commercial work here that I could pay bills to do humanitarian work in developing countries. Hmm. That was my original vision. Quickly realized that there was less than zero dollars in humanitarian work so i have revamped to do more of the commercial corporate type work Mm. here in the u.s right and that's kind of how it's evolved over the last three and a half going on four Mm. years now uh i did again as i went through and did look at looked a lot of your video work uh you do see you did seem to do a lot of work with the ams project nano project yes how did you how did you get involved in that initially how did you find your way into that project um it started, well, I've been working with Edge since 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with their awards. Sure. Um, so instead, they were kind of the innovators locally. Of, instead of for an award ceremony, the people coming up and talking, we actually create videos that are played, and then the person comes up, gets their award, takes the photo while the video's playing. Sure. Makes everyone sound better than they are, and people can not be listening to someone ramble for five hours. <laughs> and so... Back when everything was taking off, uh, fall of 2015, I think was when it got announced Mm, and so on, um, we got talking about how we could show what's going on. Because they knew that if if they don't say anything and show people, then people aren't going to believe and so on and so forth. Right, of course. So the idea came up where there's actually a a spot on site where... Every time I, I go out there once a month for about an hour and a half to two hours of shooting, and then every quarter I make a video. Mm. Um, ooh, excuse me. So the video, like, we shoot time-lapse from the same spot for the whole time I'm there, mm. and that way you can kind of see here's where it is for one, here's where it is for right, two, right, right. and you've kind of seen the hole get bigger. Mm. Um, it's kind of hard to tell from the angle, but once things start to move upwards, it'll be really cool. Mm. Um so that was kind of how I got into it. It's just kind of, we were trying to think of a creative way to do things that were a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot of time lapse and things like that that not really a lot of other people do. Yeah. Um, just because it's so time consuming and you can screw it up really easily. So not a lot of people do it in this area. And so that's kind of what specialty that got me into that job. Right. Uh, so obviously big news last week, Roy talked about it in the show. Yep. Uh, Marcy Project coming to an end. What does this mean? Marcy, Marcy is not coming to an end. Right. Well, AMS backing yeah. out is different from the product, product as itself. a whole. Right, right, right. Because AMS was just part one. Mm-hmm. AMS was just supposed to be the first company in, and then that was going to help them stage for companies two and three. Sure. So really what's going to happen is they're going to go talk to the companies two and three and say, 
hey, guess what? We're now shovel ready. Because the mm-hmm. big setback was always the fact that there was it was literally a forest. When they're talking to companies a year and a half, two years ago, it's literally still forest. Mm-hmm. So people are like, yeah, 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 whatever. Right. But now there's a over 300,000 cubic yard hole ready to go. Mm-hmm. National Grid's been putting the gas line in for the last two months. Mm-hmm. So it's literally the next company, it's ready for them to start. Right. So it's kind of like a blessing and a curse. Sure. Where it's, yes, it sucks, AMS backed out, but it does still have opportunity, and we are set up in a pretty good spot. In hindsight now, when I think about it, it seems like once all the scandal broke, right, the writing seemed on the wall for AMS, right? Like, they might as well have just pulled out then, right? At least in hindsight. I don't know if it... The hard part is no one publicly clarified Mm. that... The Utica Nano stuff had nothing, nothing to, to do, do yeah. with all of the other Kellieros nonsense, yeah. and they it was like buried in articles, and it, it was one of those things like they never like if if it was like outrightly said, and I that's way above my page. Sure, right, of course. But it's one of those things like I feel like if it was very obviously discussed that hey, just so you guys know, this is not what we're doing has nothing to do with that. Mm. It would have put a little bit at ease. Yes, I do still think it would have happened. Um, I think there was a lot more going mm-hmm. on. Um, yeah. I know that for like four months they were going back and forth on drawings and finalizing specs sure. and building, which when you're dealing with anything international, it opens an insane time difference. <laughs> right. So everything just takes longer. Um, yeah, that, a lot of like the way process works and stuff like that has not caught up with the way like technology and communication works like right. even though we can communicate faster than we ever can processes still take time to go through like contract well, you know what I mean and it's also when you've got they were talking like some stupid like 200,000 cubic yard facility yeah. some insanely large facility to have to go through all those drawings to figure out all of the details of what is this side section going to look like? What's that kind of section look like? It just takes time. Like you can only go through that so fast because every you have to touch it with a human eye, and so I feel like no matter what, no matter how fast technology evolves, you're going to have that issue, and so that's another thing that a lot of people don't understand because if you're not in it and seeing it, it's tough, and that's also not something that I could have shown. Sure. To the public, because that's going on phone calls and yeah. yeah. So what? Uh, what's next for you going forward? What are your What are your next projects coming up? So I'm actually flying to the Congo next month. Ooh, the Congo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, I should be. This is it. As today is actually when there is a transfer of power in the country. So today is Feb, uh, December nineteenth. Yep. For anyone listening in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, the. Uh, so there, so things are a little tense right now over there. Mm. Um, we're also waiting on visas, which is waiting on that. Right. Um, so I should be going over. I'm going to be working with a hospital that is run by a nonprofit out of Colorado, and they're trying to do a bunch of different things. The two big ones are the they're trying to start a coffee plantation because in the 80s and 90s, this was a huge coffee area. Yeah. All of things went down, famine and fighting and stuff. And they ended up losing the crop and never being able to recover economically. So they're trying to start a 400-acre coffee plantation. But to do that, they have to buy a new truck. 
And then they also found a way to cap spring water sources so that they actually can reduce malaria in villages. Mm. Um, and so they're probably going to have to raise about three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars over the next three years. Big mm. investment. Jeez. The majority of it's the coffee right, stuff, right. but huge investment. And that stuff is stuff that you don't necessarily you got to show people. Mm. Everyone's visual now, so you want people want to see it. So that's why. I'm actually bringing a guy out of St. Louis, um, and the two of us are going over, and we're shooting photo, video, making basically making a nice package for them to use for fundraising. Yeah, that, that's my next that's project. That's intense, man. That's a good one. That's a big project. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. That is much more impressive than my next project, which is uh, opening Christmas presents. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, before we get into the last section, uh, Simon Eisenbeck. How can people get a hold of you if they want to contact you, reach out to you? Uh, Facebook is a good one. Uh, Simon Eisenbeck Productions. Um, I got it. Mark's correcting me about your name. He's yelling at me. Eisenbach. Yeah. Eisenbach. Eisenbach. Facebook's been kind of the one I'm pushing lately mm. because, especially with going to the Congo, and I'm actually in the middle of opening an office. I'm mm. in the middle of renovating an office on Genesee Street. Um, be looking for a grand opening in February. Mm. Nice. Um, so, the, Facebook's big. Uh, Simon Eisenbach Productions. Uh, web website seisenbach.com Instagram Simon Eisenbach mm. that's where people can find me very good yeah uh, alright so it is that time for the lightning round these are the same six questions we ask everybody who's been on the last 40 or some odd episodes we'll start off with question number one Simon how do you take your coffee in the morning black black straight black another another dash to throw on the list of black coffee drinkers alright that's the only way <laughs> that's I've been getting a lot of that lately from people it's yeah. the only way to have it mm. That seems to be the general opinion by all black coffee drinkers, too. It's very strong. There's no, like, oh, like a, no, no, very intense. <laughs> uh, so what was your first automobile? 1999 Saab 9.5 Station Wagon. Ooh, Saab Station Wagon. I always had a thing for Saabs. Bright red. Great, great logo. Yes. Great. <laughs> I love that. Also, Saab invented the headlight wiper. Really? Yep. <laughs> I remember that's a pretty good one. Uh, my car didn't have the headlight wiper. It had the the headlights that went inside of your car. Yes. I mean, the yep. those were terrible in the winter. Uh, so you may or may not have driven your Saab there, but what was your first uh, concert? Oh gosh, I don't even know if I can remember. Mm. Uh, probably Audio Adrenaline at. Vernon or Utica Rome Speedway. Utica Rome Speedway. I don't know if I've ever seen a show at Utica Rome Speedway. This was back in like 2003 or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same kind of vein. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I'm currently watching White Rabbit Project. Is that? I just saw something about this. Is it a Netflix thing? It's a Netflix thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's Tori and whatever the underlings were from MythBusters. Okay. And they created this cool show that's similar to Mythbusters, but what it is is they take a topic and each one picks two plausible things and they pin down, they pick three, like, um, categories that you have to rate mm-hmm. on whatever it is. So, like, one of them is heists. Okay. So, like, the obscurity of how they did the heist, how long they got away with it, and how much money was stolen. Mm-hmm. And whatever, they, like, rate rank them one through six and whoever gets the number okay. one wins the I, day. I just saw it. It showed up on, like, my new releases on yeah. Netflix. Like, really, oh, really funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they took the quality from Mythbusters mm-hmm. and brought cool. it over. Uh, 
I'm going to set the scenario for you. You are a professional athlete or professional wrestler making your way down to the field or ring. Uh, what song is playing in the background as you make your way? Ooh. Mm. The soundtrack from Gladiator when the, they're entering the ring. The Gladiator soundtrack. All right. Either, either that or something from John Wick. <laughs> something from John Wick. All right. Well, I'll... like if you, my probably like my favorite soundtrack thing is Baba Yaga from the John Wick soundtrack. <laughs> Baba Yaga. Yes. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna put it on. <laughs> yeah. All right. And finally, besides uh, the John Wick soundtrack. Uh, sobs, humanitarian work, uh, videography, uh, and of course Manchester United. Simon, give us one more thing that you are passionate about. Food. Food. Uh. I love to grill. Oh, you're a grill man. Oh yeah. Mm, you, do you use the smoker or just the grill? Both. Any and all. Smart. I have two smokers, mm. a charcoal grill and a propane grill. Simon, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank Always you for taking some time. Uh, for being on. Ah, thank you, sir. Enjoy your holiday. Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sign, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone I think we're live on Uticast, right? Oh, oh, we're live and made in Utica now. Well, welcome back, folks, and thank. Oh, we can do that. But well, we are live now, so are so we should. Okay, should I be working right now? Is what I'm asking. Should we be providing content? Yeah, content. Okay, sure. Welcome back, okay. folks. Uh, you won't notice it because you're watching live and you haven't seen what we're doing. But we just came back from an interview with Simon Eisenbach. Right? Is that right this time? I've said his that name. That was good, yeah. finally. That was finally good. got him. Right. Yeah. You finally got our boy Simon. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show again, folks. And um, i got to say, I've been holding off on talking about Christmas stuff because I wanted to wait until the, uh, the live stream was up. Right. But, Kev, you and I went out yesterday, and we did a pretty good day at Christmas shopping with different results. I had a good day. You I had, had a very it. poor day. <laughs> very poor day Christmas shopping. <laughs> I left my phone at home uh-huh. accidentally, and my phone had, like, all the specs for all the gifts I wanted to get. That's tough. So, like, I'm getting something for this person, but I had all the details of which exact model of the thing I was getting on Ooh. my phone. I had people's sizes on my phone. I had people's, you know, Amazon lists on my phone. I got nothing at the mall yesterday. You got nothing. Just about spent nothing. spent the whole time doing nothing. I purchased, there was a stand at the mall in the Boscov Swing, which people should be aware of. Yes. Um, they're nice selling, they're, these guys are selling, it's a couple, an older couple, they make like hand-poured, handmade candles, and they sell them in benefit of the rescue mission. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was okay. really cool. So I got some really, really cool, like, hippie kind of candles, and those were awesome. And I was going to give them out as some gifts, and I was looking at them like, ah, these are pretty tight. I don't know. These might be these might be gifts for me. Um, I saw... It's weird, because I feel like I'm looking at the microphone so I can get a good thing, but, like, the camera is here. It's over there. The key is, is to ignore the camera. We're pretending that we're not looking at the camera. That's what I'm doing. Oh, is that? Right. Okay. Then we'll, we'll go with that. No, you, that's fair. That's good, actually, because if nobody looks at the camera, that'll give me a better opportunity to do fourth wall breaks, so where I can just be like... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, just shaking your like head. Like Jim in the office? Yeah, this is good. I would say, for me, the the first... The only real thing about Christmas that struck me is we went to Barnes & Noble to pick up some, some books yesterday. That line was so long that the same recurring trend happened. People would have items in their hand, walk up toward the counter, look at it and go, oh, the hell with this, and then just put the item down near the front of the counter and leave. Did you hear the children's choir? I did hear the children's choir. There was a children's choir in Barnes & Noble. In Barnes & Noble. Yep, singing in the children's section. No, they were children. But it was nice. (laughs) It was like a nice Christmassy moment, but no. No. There was carolers outside of my house last night. I wanted nothing to do with it. You know what? You're being put upon when carolers come to your house. Like, if I'm, you know, what do you, how do you know I'm not doing something? Like, I'm not yeah. doing some important business. Like, we got enough, like enough, enough riffraff knocking on the door. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> extra <laughs> Christmas riffraff. Maybe it's because I just don't trust strangers who knock at my door in general. I've just right. been, I'm cynical. I'm cynical, guys. Sorry. Have you done Christmas shopping yet? I know you don't traditionally follow don't the really Christmas norms. We don't really do Christmas shopping. There's a couple people that I'm getting things for. Mm. Kind of. You don't get anything. That's fine. No, you will. You'll feel even worse when you I give know. you your gift. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> Kevin, you oh. got me something. I told you not. I told her not. Not to. yet. I haven't gotten anything for anybody yet. But it's going to be good when you do is what you're saying. It's going to be great. Are Kev- we gonna, I'm going to do you. We're going to make Christmas great again for you. I told her nice. not to bring gifts because we didn't have gifts ready tonight. Next week. That was nice of you because I know for a fact you have her gift already. They're not I was rats. there when you purchased it. True. They're not rats. You guys are awesome. You guys are getting gifts. My dad's getting his teeth whitened. That's a good gift. I know. He's That's like, I'm going to go. We're going to go to Destiny, get our teeth whitened. It's going to be a good time. Oh, it's like a dual teeth whitening gift. Well, yeah. It's Sometimes it's nice. Here's the thing with like Christmas shopping. Sometimes it's, you, it's awesome to get somebody something practical that yeah. they're going to use that they wouldn't necessarily buy themselves. Exactly. So that's cool. I got somebody... Um, a friend of ours, friend of the show, who's not going to listen, but I got a friend of ours, um, a AAA membership. The oh. car is less than reliable. Their car is a tough time That's all the time. I uh, could die at any minute. Mm. So I grabbed a AAA membership, and it wasn't too bad. That's a pretty good gift to give. It's the gift that keeps on giving all year round. <laughs> AAA is actually a really tight Christmas gift on the low key. I've gotten that a couple years back for my mom. Do you have AAA? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Good. I do have AAA. It's great. You see my car? I, well, I, I thought so. I was, <laughs> I, I was just thinking just now. Maybe I'll throw Sammy a AAA while I'm no, at no, it, too. I, I am covered, my friend. <laughs> I've had bad luck with cars going back so long. It seems like a bad thing to just not own it. You buy uh, poor cars and beat them to death. It's true. It's true. It's, true. it's my own fault. It's my own fault. Yeah. All right, guys, you ready for some history lessons? I always am. Damon, <laughs> I thought it was Christmas and we could skip it. <laughs> no. It's, no, it's a Christmas can. gift. You can return money. my gift if I don't get a history <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Don't worry, I have only three of them, and they're all pretty low-key. On this day... Three? Three. Oh. On this day, December 19th, uh, 1998, President Bill Clinton was impeached, charged with lying under oath to a grand jury and obstructing justice uh, based on his affair with Monica Lewinsky. Uh, That impeachment trial... uh, Wait a minute, wait, does lying disqualify you from being president? In the 90s, it did. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Um, the impeachment trial started on January 7th, 1999. He was acquitted uh, on February 12th of the same year. He apologized, saying he was profoundly sorry. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when this was a huge deal? Because I rem- in 98, I'm trying to pinpoint, I was uh, 12 years old, right? Eighth grade. Eight, yeah, 8th or 7th grade. It was everywhere. It was a hu- the biggest story that had ever existed yeah. at the time. Yeah, it was. And I wonder if, like... If you found out that Trump was cheating on his wife, would you even be surprised? Like, would it be no. a story? Would no. people? Nobody cares. No. Nobody cares. I think after Clinton, it was kind of like, eh. 
I'm just curious. When did the was that like the shift in perception for how like well the, Bill, Bill Clinton was impeached for perjury. Yeah. So they impeached him because he lied under oath about whether he had not had sexual relations. He got it. He was like, oh wait a minute, blowjobs or sexual relations? <laughs> I never knew. True. <laughs> well, he didn't inhale. Um, so let's <laughs> should have. Yeah. Let's move on to another story this week. Oh, my God. More history? Uh, more history. I have one more history story. Oh, two more. Uh, this is actually uh, only for you hockey fans out there. Since I was the teddy bear toss, I met a lot of hockey people out there. That's cool. On this day in 1917, uh, five teams began what was the fledgling NHL, what will become today's NF- uh, NHL. There were five teams, all from Canada. I'll be impressed if either of you guys can name any one of them. Two of them still exist. The Bruins. They're all Canadian. Vancouver. The Canadians. Is that a team? That's one. The Montreal, Montreal Canadiens. Canadians. There's number one. I don't know, uh, like, any hockey team. Maple Leafs. I was just going to say Maple Leafs. That's a team? <laughs> no, I would have thought that, too. The five teams were the Montreal Canadiens and also the Montreal Wanderers, which is a better name. Well, I don't, I don't know why they didn't keep that one. That's nice. Uh, and then, of course, the Ottawa Senators, who are still around. The Toronto Arenas, which is a terrible logo. It's a terrible like name for your team. The arenas? The arenas. I don't get it. There must be some other reference. That must What's mean... the mascot? It's just a picture of the stadium, maybe I would assume. The arena, fans, right? Big fans of the mid-2000s Washington Wizards, maybe? And then, of a little course, Gilbert Arenas joke for the peoples fun. out there? And, of course, my, my favorite team of all time, the, uh, the Quebec Bulldogs. I wish that was still a team. I like that one. Strong. Strong team name. Interesting. And Strong. finally, last history lesson for you guys this week. Uh, on this date in 1972, the Apollo Lunar Landing Program ended... Uh, there were six missions in the lunar program from 1969 to 1972 that landed on the moon. One was aborted, did not make it. That was Apollo 13, which they made uh, the famous film about. Uh, I love space, man. That's I all. learned a crazy. I learned a crazy <laughs> fact today about uh, the Apollo moon landing and the moon program and everything in the 60s. So history teaches us that you know in the 60s everybody was gung ho to go to the moon. The whole country supported. It. Everybody was way into it, right? Mm-hmm. Turns out that for the majority of the time they were trying to get a craft to the moon, public opinion of putting the funding into NASA and the space race hovered at about 25 to 35%, and the peak of the public approval rating was a little bit below 50% at its absolute peak when they reached the moon. People were still a little bit less than half of the people polled were like, yeah, this is a waste of money. Right. I never knew that, and I actually read that today, so it's weird you say something about the moon. Do you feel like people are more or less interested in going to outer space now than they were, like, let's say, 10 years ago? I think people are more fragmented. I think the people who are interested are more interested than ever, but I mm-hmm. think a lot more people probably think it's a complete waste of time more than ever. Mm. Hmm. We sort of asked this question in Roundabout a few weeks ago. What do you think is more important to explore, outer space or the deep ocean? Uh, space. Uh, I was going to say ocean. Ooh. I know. In space. I feel like the ocean will be the fastest way to find out more. I don't know. I I feel like that's, I feel like it's more easy for us to actually navigate through something like that right now, especially maybe financially. Right. I'm not really sure. I don't know enough about it, but if I had to guess, that's what I would assume. For me, I'm terrified of both of them equally. So am I. I'm very terrified of deep water and outer space. And the results are pretty much the same. You either implode or explode or just die. And it's terrible. So either way, it can go very bad. Although, I feel like it sort of maybe would behoove us as humans to learn about the planet we live on a little bit more. Like, put some time into that. 
You that's know, probably a good. The counter argument that makes me say space is a lot of the damage that's been done to the mm. ocean has already been done. Mm. So we might as well look at new frontiers. That's a good point. Before it's too late. It's a good point. Yeah, but there's also ways that we haven't even tried to utilize the ocean yet. Sure. And I don't even know if it's too late to do that, well, but pretty soon there'll be no fish left to live it all to ourselves. Yeah, that's true. Grinch who stole Christmas, 2016, coming <laughs> at you. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, let's move on from history lessons. I got a couple other things we'd like to talk about. When are we you. doing Christmas? I feel like a little kid waiting to open my presents right now. I'm like, when are we doing Christmas? <laughs> wait, wait. Well, again. Oh, no one can see it yet. Well, look can't. out the window. Are the Gookas awake yet? Can we open presents? <laughs> that was a joke from my brother, and nobody but my brother. Well, there's. I'm telling you, if you guys want to do the Christmas stuff, it's mostly going to be in the after hour segment. We now, have to be patient. Christmas. I, I'm trying. We've got to do some Christmas stuff on the show because it's not fair to the longtime listeners that they don't get some of that sweet, sweet Christmas content. All right. Because we're moving Uh-oh. it all to the hot and flashy video segment. But it will be available on Facebook flashy. in perpetuity for all people to see. <coughs> so if they want to watch it, they can just watch it on. Can't Facebook. listen to Facebook while you're driving to work. Next you question. Should, well, you can. You just probably shouldn't. It's probably dangerous. True. Yeah. Dangerous. Uh, all right. So, guys, uh, today. Uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary Word of the Year was released for 2016. Now, before I tell you what the year uh, Word of the Year was, why don't you guys go ahead and give us your guesses for what the Word of the Year... I feel like I'm not going to like it. Is it like an actual word, or is it a word it's that a real we word. just made we up? We didn't make it up. It's a real word. So it's been around. It's been around. Okay. Word of the Year. I don't hmm. know. I don't even know... The category... How would you yeah, pick how the would word? Can I get a hint? Um, it describes my feeling... For the whole of this year. Oh, I was gonna say sad. Sad, okay. That's it. Sad. Sad. Wrong. Wrong. Sad. <laughs> Pop it. <laughs> Disappointing. Surreal. Surreal uh, was. Hey. Yeah. That's pretty That's fair. fair. Very That's on good. brand. Surreal. Uh, marked by the intense irrational reality of a dream slash unbelievable or fantastic. Uh, some of the other choices were post-truth, which would have been very hilarious, yeah. and xenophobia were also in the running for 2016's Words of the Year. I don't know why they choose them on what merit, like what the basis is. Like xenophobia, terrible thing in practice, incredible word. It, I like when you can slide an X off as a Z and you've got a bunch of syllables <laughs> out here. Like a xenomorph, Excellent. which yeah. is like the aliens. Right. Except we know a person named Zeno, so like he maybe he just thinks That's it's nice. like fear of him. Oh. Yeah, I'm scared xenophobia. of Xenophobia. Uh, so, guys, here's a Christmas segment for you. Uh, it is that time of the year where people are getting ready for uh, holiday season, getting their houses decorated, getting Christmas sales, getting people going. Yeah. Uh, however, this is a big time of the year for accidents. It's common for people to have household accidents around this time of year. So I did a little bit of research, and lo and behold, I came up with the, I found out the top three most common holiday acci- accidents that you, you encounter during the holiday season. Do you guys care to guess any of them? Uh, electrocution. Oh, okay, so that's going to be my hot take. I was going to say, like, a fire. Fire was number two. Fire is probably good. Fire is good. Fireplaces, you know what I mean? Yeah, fire showed up as number two on the list. Uh, Ornaments or decorations that uh, set on fire. and Stringing a bunch of live electrical wires through burning organic material. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and it's funny because I had those weird... I I think you looked at me funny a few days ago because I went to... Chances are, yes. I went went to go and plug the Christmas tree before I went to bed. I was like, I'm afraid it's going to set on fire. And you were like, okay, man. We'll show some of the video listeners that Christmas tree means little tiny Charlie Brown Christmas tree <laughs> with no more than nine bulbs. It's got a bunch of candy canes hanging from it. The only thing oh. that makes me laugh, though, is They're so good. there's so good. that line, there's that string of Christmas lights on the mantle that have been there since last Christmas and have not turned off since last Christmas. It's true, they're just on all the time. But all of a sudden, this little tree is like a cause for concern, and you still left the mantle ones on. 
I feel like if consistency. The ma- oh my god! I know that's true. 2017. That's Next year we do the New point. Year's show. I'm looking for consistency in 2017. <laughs> uh, number three uh, was slipping on the ice. Yeah. Um, yep. Hey guys, little ice melt never hurt nobody. Ooh. Throw some cat litter, little ice melt out on there. Save yourself a bad back. Please do. Cat litter or just you know rock Sand. salt. <laughs> well, if you're too cheap for rock salt, we got a hundred different things that aren't salt. <laughs> Uh, and number one was uh, falling from high places while hanging decorations seemed to be True. number one. Okay, that's fair. Uh, they gave us a couple hints for things we can do to avoid this, though. One, don't decorate outdoors or in high places alone. I like that. I don't like that idea. Solo is bad. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Number two, one of the main causes was faulty equipment caused by ladders that were not up to snuff. So... Don't use that old rickety nasty ladder you found in your uncle's garage. Or someone's shoulders. Or someone's shoulders. Use an actual ladder. Yeah, if we ever do like an OSHA episode, uh, ladder safety is one of those things a lot of people don't take seriously enough. Yeah, and they should. Mm. It's true. Um, and finally, the number one reason that people get hurt while decorating uh, themselves in Christmas trees, they're drunk. So, guys, don't drink and decorate. That's not good. I actually can't toast you because my glass is empty and it's bad luck to toast with an empty glass. Ah, well then. You I'll wait for these ice cubes to melt a little bit, we can toast. <laughs> Again. Uh, so that's all the Christmas I have for now. We are going to continue Christmas in the after hours segment. Well, guys, we're doing our first Unicast after hours ever. We've Yay! talked about this <laughs> all the time. All the time. Every Wait, so are we going to talk about the stuff we normally talk about during after hours? I- Probably. No. Probably I know should've. you hope so. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna put a list on the Twitter of all the episode segments that Mara suggested. Uh, don't share them with anybody in the age of 18, 21, 25, really. And then anybody past 35 is gonna think it's like gross. So narrow window. Yeah, you're. Yeah. You should probably listen to Kevin. But before we go, uh, we're gonna close out this week's uh, Christmas episode with one of our classic games for the viewers. Uh, we're gonna play a couple a couple rounds of Would You Rather. You guys Yay! ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather, number one, and again, thank you to Reddit, the Reddit universe. I love Reddit for supplying me with such good uh, would you rathers thank this you, week. Reddit. All right, <clears throat> question number one. This one's going to hit close to home for me. Would you rather have good hearted, wholesome, down to earth, supportive friends who also happen to be professional criminals or friends who are assholes with noble professions? Is it weird that I feel like I have both already? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who do you like better? Oh boy, it depends. It depends what we're doing. I guess. <laughs> I um, always. I like the first one. I, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Wholesome criminals. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take. Criminals. I'll take. I'll take good people every time. All I mean, the time. are they ex-criminals or are they like well, resident? What, what, what like, makes what a criminal? Of, yeah, that's what How I'm many saying. laws have you broken this? Yeah, week? you know, are you a couple? Everybody are has. You this somebody? question was referring it to is professional criminal. So it means this is the way what? that they make their living. That can be a variety oh. of ways. I know a lot of people who make their money through illicit means, and they're nice guys. Well, that, the, here, here's my thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're if you're somebody, if you're like a hitman, probably don't want to be your friend. If you're like a low level kid selling like dime bags of weed on it the college matter. campus, probably a nice guy. You're probably fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'll take I'll take the good person over the bad people any given time. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that crime necessarily makes somebody bad. I think mm-hmm. that it's a little bit more gray than that, a little bit more mm-hmm. nuanced, and you have to take into account what the circumstances are going into it. More importantly, mm-hmm. what the crime is. Uh. Mara, yes? What? You feel comfortable with those answers? Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, good. I... <laughs> Let's move on. Another would you rather. Uh, this one's interesting. Would you rather have the mafia be moderately annoyed at you or have the Church of Scientology be absolutely pissed at you? The first one. Second one. 
Yeah, I go back and forth with it because I don't know what they're. Really? Gonna... I can get some. I can get some of those sweet, sweet press dollars off the Church of Scientology. I don't know what they're going to the do. The mafia to me. I can just get whacked. Am I naive of thinking that they're not going to do anything to me? Like, what are they going to say? They'll do stuff to you. I, you know what it is, and this isn't a knock on you because yeah. we're in the same boat. You don't have enough for them to do anything to you. Yeah, what's the point? What can they take away from you? Yeah, it, uh, there's nothing they're going to say that's going to bother me. I don't care about what most people say about those kind of subjects. So yeah. I feel like. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't want to be. No, I think you're right. Like maybe, I changed, yeah, I changed my answer. But maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe there's some like the the Scientology toughs who show up at your house, like yeah. you know. They do. You know, hired goons. They show up like the guilty remnant in the leftovers, which is a show that still not enough that. people are watching. Shout out to Justin Parkinson in the kitchen. Mm. <laughs> He's over. He's not paying attention. <laughs> All right. So uh, and finally, we're gonna close out on one more. Would you rather? And then we're going to stick around for after hours. Um, last, would you rather? Uh, this one is sort of for video gamers, but it makes sense. Would you rather have multiple quote-unquote save points throughout your life so you could restart or have a new chance from check a save points. point? Yeah, checkpoints. Okay. Right. Or would you rather start your life over again with all the knowledge and skills you've already acquired? So it's basically, do you want to take the research that you've done and give it one more go, or do you want to be able to go back and redo? Does that mean you can be born as an infant with the knowledge of a 30-year-old? <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. I would take that. That would give me more time uh, back with my parents, sentimentally. Sure. Oh, okay. But sure. also, you can just get more done earlier. But it depends where your save points or your checkpoints are. I feel you like... You know what I mean? I feel like... I we, would take, like, an age, like, 22, 23 checkpoint. Sure. With the knowledge I have now, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I would take that. I don't know if I would take, like, a 15 save point, though, and go all the way that you far would, though, back. I don't want to start over all over again. Like, do I feel like I'm starting all over again? You know what I mean? Or do I have a fresh outlook on things, but I still have the knowledge? Do I feel like I'm doing uh, this for the third time? Because after well, no, a while, you're going to be, be like... different, because every single thing you do would be influenced by what you already know. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting part of this question is if you could go back to the beginning of your life and start over with all the knowledge you have now... You probably wouldn't have this. You wouldn't have anything close to the same life you have now, and that seems like a no-brainer. But if you think about it, you wouldn't have the same friends. You wouldn't have the same anything probably because your life would be so rapidly different. Yeah, that it would pull you away from like everybody. You know, right. we wouldn't be here doing this show if we all restarted with the knowledge that we have. Because I would have bought stock in Google when I was like eighteen. And I'd be rich and laughing, and I wouldn't be here doing this show. Yeah, but if things like everybody would get drawn everywhere, you try to find that person and reach back. Like I remember this guy was my friend. I remember I dated this girl, and she was great. But at the end of the day, if you go back knowing what you know, your life is probably so different that you don't know any of the people you have. Different, but I don't know if it'd be better. I like messing up. There's an argument. I mean. Oh, you'd make a whole just a whole host of new mistakes. (sighs) I know. So do you ever really do it right? Well, who says that mistakes are necessarily wrong? They didn't. Checkmate. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right, cool. All right, so guys, that's going to be it for this week's episode, if you're listening on the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. We are all over the place. Just search Uticast. And then we are going to cut to After Hours and do some video content. So if you're listening to this Tuesday morning or anytime afterwards, this should be on the Facebook page, yeah? Yes. If you're So listening if you want to come watch the After Hours video on the Facebook page, we can get a little bit loose. Yeah. Uh, keep having some drinks, celebrate <laughs> Christmas early, and mm. check that out too. But if you're not watching on the live stream, this is where we leave you. Folks, have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, whatever else they celebrate this time of year. Celebrate it. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy the world. Uh, things get better. Holiday season, baby. Yay. All right, good. That's it. <laughs>